You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Sometimes our lives become shattered and we become terrified of what will happen. We go through the what ifs. What if this? What if that? But what if that? It's interesting that Goliath's name means uncovered or to strip. That's what his name means. And this is exactly what our enemy does to us. He wants to strip us of our joy, strip us of our happiness, strip us of our purpose, and he wants to strip us of our peace by uncovering our weaknesses and then exploiting them to the others. Have you ever found yourself immobilized by the what-ifs and the what-abouts of life? Despite how many times the Bible tells us not to be overrun with fear, we still let it get the best of us. In today's message, Pastor Dave will teach you how the enemy of our souls often preys upon our fear and uses it to wreak havoc in our lives. And here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 as he begins his message, Facing the Giant. You are So it seems like between chapter 16 and chapter 17, some years have gone by. And I went and did some chronological studies on that because there's something in the the back verses that's kind of confusing, and we'll get there uh, in a while. But they believe that David was anointed king in 1020 B.C. And they believe that this took place in 1025 B.C. It's a rough estimate, but so that's about five years. So five years have taken place from the time David was anointed by Samuel, and now he's waiting, ready to face Goliath. So if we believe that David was anywhere from 13 to 15 when he was anointed, Five years, so he's about 18 to 20, maybe even a little younger. They're really not sure. So it's really, ancient history is difficult at best to try to pinpoint various times. But when we last saw David in chapter 16, he had been anointed by Samuel as king of Israel. God chose him. Samuel anointed him with the Holy Spirit or the oil in front of his brothers. And at that time, the Spirit came upon David. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit came upon David, giving him power and strength to be a king. To be the king of Israel, God's chosen people. But this wouldn't happen, as we had said, for another 15 long years. But the Spirit left King Saul. The Spirit departed from King Saul. And instead, Scripture says, a spirit of distress troubled King Saul greatly. So King Saul sought advice from his men and asked them for help. They told him about this young shepherd boy by the name of David, who was skillful at playing, it says, a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a handsome person. But most of all, they said, the Lord was with him. So David go to the king 
from time to time, when he was in distress, he would play and sing psalms to him, and the distress would leave Saul to a point. When we last looked at the verses, it says that David found favor in the sight of King Saul, and Saul made David his armor bearer, which is a huge, huge honor to be the king's armor bearer. Now, David would stay with the king as long as he needed him, but then he would go back to Bethlehem where his father had sheep and he would tend to the sheep. So this is all happening now in these five years. This is all happening in these five years. So as we begin chapter 17, we can see that God was already preparing David's heart. He was already preparing David's heart. In fact, I believe David's heart was already prepared before God called him because he said he was a man after his own heart. So this preparation was going to last another 15 years, as we said, before David ruled Israel. So God was preparing his heart. But in chapter 17, I see three different things happening here. And in the first 27 verses, I see God guiding David. God is guiding David. You can see his providential hand showing up from time to time. So let's read these first 27 verses. As I said, I want to get through all 58, but we'll see. Beginning in verse 1, chapter 17. Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sukkot, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sukkot and Azkah in Evzdamin. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, with a valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath, from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was armed with a coat of mail and weight of... The coal, the coat, was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David, the son of the Ephraimite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and who had eight sons, and the man was old, advanced in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone to follow Saul to the battle. The names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eleb, the firstborn, next to him Abinadab, and the third Shema. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now your brothers an ephah of its dried grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. 
Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in the battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. He spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for a man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So it shall be done for the king, man who kills him. So David didn't remain permanently in Saul's tent. He went back and forth between Bethlehem and the palace or Saul's tent, wherever he might be. Once again, the Philistines come against the nation of Israel. Now remember when we started 1 Samuel, we said the Philistines will be a thorn in the side of Israel the entire time. And we also said that the Philistines of this day are called the Palestinians. Not much has changed. Not much has changed. So this time, they send out Goliath, a man of great strength. A man who stood approximately nine feet, nine inches tall. A tad taller than Andre the Giant. A tad taller than him. His armor and his sword weighed almost 250 pounds. Sword alone weighed approximately 15 to 20 pounds. Just his sword. For three days he taunts the army of Israelites, seeking someone to come down and do battle with him. The loser's nation would become servants to the other. He shouts out, send a man down and fight me. I love this. I really love this because we had a champion who came down for us. And it's interesting because champion means someone in the middle. Someone between man. Someone between two armies. We had a champion who came down for us. We had a champion who came down from heaven for us. His name was Jesus Christ. And he stood between two armies, the army of Satan and the army of God. And he stood there and he defeated the enemy on the cross. In verse 11, we saw the kings and the entire nation's reaction. They were all dismayed and greatly afraid. Listen to these descriptions of dismayed. I looked up the word dismayed and these are the words that could fit there. Shattered. Terrified, discouraged, frightened. That's a bad word. Was Saul afraid because they thought he thought he would, they would send him? Now somebody tell me why they might send Saul. Number one, he was king. Okay, why else might they send him? He was the tallest in his class, wasn't he? Remember, he was head and shoulders above all the other Israelites. Remember, he was the tallest one. It said we read that. So Saul was probably thinking, man, I hope they don't send me. Hope they send somebody else. Sometimes we face giants in our lives. And when we face them, we become dismayed. We become fearful. We become afraid. We say the giant is too big, and we're unable to fight against it. 
We become discouraged. We become frightened. And sometimes our lives become shattered and we become terrified of what will happen. We go through the what ifs. What if this? What if that? But what if that? It's interesting that Goliath's name means uncovered or to strip. That's what his name means. And this is exactly what our enemy does to us. He wants to strip us of our joy, strip us of our happiness, strip us of our purpose, and he wants to strip us of our peace by uncovering our weaknesses and then exploiting them to the others. That's what our enemy does. Our enemy wants to demoralize us. He wants to discourage us and keep us from fighting. He wants us dismayed. He wants us to stress out about everything. He wants us to be absolutely fearful of everything, even our own shadow. Because when we are afraid, we are ineffective as witnesses for Christ. When we are fearful of what may happen to us, what may happen physically, or what may happen to our children, what may happen to our families, what may be all going on, we're ineffective. And the evil one has us right where he wants us. He wants us fearful and afraid so we can be ineffective. He wants us not to be able to move, especially in leadership. He wants to, he, look at Saul. Saul was incapacitated. Saul couldn't do a thing. He couldn't lead. Well, he did lead. He led in running away. So that happens all the time. Saul was dismayed and afraid. When leadership panics, the sheep scatter. When leadership gets into a panic, the sheep scatter. At one time, Paul was known as a fierce, successful military leader. Remember in 1 Samuel 14? He won that mighty battle. He went out and took heads. What was the success? What was the difference here? What was the difference in Paul down in chapter 17 than Paul in chapter 14? Can anybody tell me? Fear. Why? Why was he fearing? Then what was the difference between, what did Paul have in 14 that he didn't have in 17? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Remember, the Spirit departed from him. The Spirit left. The Spirit bolted. The success that he had before was because the Spirit of God was with him. And as the Spirit of of the Lord left Saul, so did his courage. Read the book of Acts. Read it and study it with all your heart. When did they have boldness? When the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were given boldness to be witnesses for Christ. The Spirit of the Lord gives us boldness. The Spirit of the Lord gives us courage to accomplish His will. That's what the Spirit of the Lord is. The Spirit of the Lord can really give us courage. When we are dismayed and greatly afraid, it isn't the work of the Spirit of the Lord. When you're afraid, it's of the wrong spirit. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says we haven't been given a spirit of fear. We have not been given a spirit of fear. God wants us to have a holy boldness and a holy courage, not in ourselves, but in Him. That's where our courage should be. That's where our strength should be, in Him. Saul did not have that. Saul did not have that. It's interesting that Goliath ran it and raved for 40 days. 40 days. If you're a numerologist, and as far as biblical concern, 40 is the number of judgment, testing, trial. Look at Moses, Noah, children in the wilderness. Even Jesus was tempted for how long? 40 days. So there's a picture here. Look how God gets David to the front line. Look how God's providential hand has everything worked out for David. David, take all this food up to your brothers, up to the front line. 
and find out what's going on and come back and tell me how they're doing. I miss them. They're your three oldest brothers. You should go up and take them out. Come on, leave the sheep behind and go up and see them. Simple task of taking food to the troops, especially his brother. God seems to always put us in the right place at the right time. If we have eyes to see. If we have eyes to see, God will place you in the right place at the right time. His timing. God always puts us right in the midst of trials that will test our faith. Have you noticed that? God allows trials to come in that will test our faith. He was testing David's faith. He was about to test David's faith. And these tests make us stronger. These tests make us stronger, makes us trust in him more. So God is guiding David to the place for such a time as this. For such a time as this. David had no idea that Goliath was there. David didn't know. David was just doing what his father had told him to do. David was a good little Jewish boy. Daddy tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Go up to the front line, take him from there. I wonder if he ate anything on his way. I don't know. But God knew David was too young to be in the army. He knew that they wouldn't accept him to come in the army. So he sends him there right now. He's too young to fight. But God is setting him in place where he will use him mightily and get him noticed by the nation. And also to begin getting Saul to be against him. God's plan is perfect. And nothing or no one will thwart the plan of God. Nothing or no one will thwart the plan of God. When Peter said to Jesus, when he said something about the not going, going to the cross, Peter said to him, far be it from you, Lord, to go to the cross. What did Jesus say? Now, now, Peter, no, get behind me, Satan. Nothing will thwart the plan of God. Nothing will thwart it. So David arrives at the front line of the battle and he hears this Goliath for himself. He greets his three brothers who are fighting, and while they're speaking, Goliath comes out with his loud, booming voice. You know, sometimes God places us right in the middle of a battle. David sees the reaction of the men. They flee. They're all running away. And the men are telling David, you got to see this guy. Get out of the way. And then they tell him that, oh, by the way, there's a small reward for killing the giant. There's a small reward. Saul's going to give the person who kills Goliath his daughter. He's going to give him great riches and, riches. and oh, by the way, there's no taxes for his father. Hmm, pretty lucrative in those days. How many of us would offer all we had to rid ourselves of the giant in our lives? How many of us are facing giant tonight Do you think, man, I'll give anything to rid this, myself of this giant? Be careful of that. Maybe God doesn't want the giant removed right now. Maybe God wants you to deal with the giant. Overcome the giant because Christ has already overcome the giant in your life. Christ on the cross defeated the giant in your life. And the hardest thing you have to do now is to believe it. It's called faith, folks. Now, picture David. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's watching these guys run and hide from Goliath. He's like, what? What's going on? He's wondering, what's all the big fuss here? What's, isn't God on our side? I love the statement in, by David in verse 26. I really do. I love verse 26. Here it is. David said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach of Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Listen to David's attitude. Who does this guy think he is? Who in the heck does this guy think he is? He owns the block? What's what's wrong with this guy? I love David's attitude here. The little runt comes up and goes, wait a minute. Who does this guy think he is? This uncircumcised guy? 
He has nothing to do with us. We serve the living God. This guy's defying our God and you guys are running away. David has complete disdain for Goliath. I love that. And we should have complete disdain for our enemy as well. Our enemy is a slime ball. And he will do anything to get you to come against each other, to fight against each other, to rip you apart, no matter what's going on. That's what he wants to do. We should have disdain for him. We shouldn't even give him the breath to say his name. He has no power here. He's not welcome here because at the name of Jesus, he runs away. You can see the wheels spinning in David's head. David's starting to think, this young man. But as in all the plans of God, when we are moved by the Holy Spirit to accomplish something for God, discouragement comes. Discouragement comes. When God calls you to do something, whether it be something minor or whether it be something major, I can guarantee discouragement isn't far behind. Satan knows the end result of what will happen if you start witnessing for Christ. He knows the end result if you start living your life for Christ and showing people the love of Jesus Christ. He knows that. So he is going to do everything in his power to discourage you, to keep you from doing what God has called you to do. Let's look at verses 38 through, uh, 28 through 39. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's answer was aroused against David and said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your insolent of heart, for you have come down here to see the battle. And David said, what have I done? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him just as the first one did. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported him to Saul and he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go out and fight the Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and be a, and, and be a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David in his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. So enter the naysayers. Here comes the naysayers. You've been called by God. God's going to do a mighty work. He told you that. He opened the book and said, I'm going to do a mighty work. You believed it? You stepped out in faith. You stepped out in faith. When we step out in faith, be prepared for the negatives. Who are you? Why are you so arrogant? Do you think God wants to use you? You really think that God's going to use you in some unknown way? Who do you think you are? How arrogant can you be? I mean, you're going to get that kind of stuff. Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of 1 Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. 
find links at our website. Again, that's assurehoperadio.com. While we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, right now we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m. along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.